Well, why don't you stay on your feet? Because I'm very honoured right now as I'm about to invite up our first Emerge speaker tonight. And as I said, we're um, in the month of miracles and, and these three emerging voices are going to be speaking into that, sharing some of their stories and testimonies and encouraging us in our journey. And our first one in a moment, I'm going to introduce Isaac Sampson. Uh, he's, a, he's currently a youth leader in our core team and he just runs a pumping connect group for high school students. He oversees our Alpha course at Youth and and helps all of our new Christians and new people get planted in the house of God. Something I love about Isaac, he's the real deal. He truly loves Jesus. And I'm telling you, whenever he shares and, and he's around people, it's contagious. This love for God just gets on people's lives and he has a great teaching gift. I know tonight God's going to bless us through him. So can we please welcome to the stage, Isaac. Love you, brother. Thank you so much, Dan. I think we'll actually release the band because Dan forgot. Oh. No, I love him. I love him. Um, while you're all standing, I actually just want to uh, honour our amazing leaders, or specifically Pastor John and Dan tonight. Dan, if she'll hear the podcast, will hear this as well. But, I mean, I've been in this church since 2003, I think. And it's an absolute testament of, like, where my life's at now. Just your leadership and the way that you have led with integrity. It's been one of the best examples I could ever have as like a father in the faith. We always have our, our earthly fathers and our father in heaven, but we also have people in our life that we can model our life off and you've been the greatest example to me. And so can we all just give it up for Pastor John, please? He's awesome. And you guys can all take your seats. Um, so I'll jump straight into some scripture tonight. It's always my favorite place to go is the Word of God. Um, and so if you guys have your Bibles, can you just turn with me to Joshua 10, verses 12 to 14. We're going to read about one of the greatest miracles that ever happened in the Bible. It's absolutely phenomenal. The first time I read it, it blew my mind. The second time I read it, it blew my mind. And every other time I read it, it blows my mind. Basically, it says this. Joshua stood in front of all of Israel. So from verse 12, it says, On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel... Joshua said in the presence of all of the Israelites, O sun, stand still over Gibeon, O moon over the valley of Ayalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. As it is written in the book of Jasher, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it since or before, a day when the Lord listened to a man Sit surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. It's crazy, hey. Um, the bit that blew my mind the first time I read that is obviously the fact that the sun stopped. Like that is something absolutely phenomenal. Imagine it just going and just pulls up and stays there for the next 24 hours. But when I reread this, the thing that blew my mind the most was actually uh, verse 12 where it said, Joshua said in the presence of Israel. You see, this wasn't a prayer that he actually drew aside from everyone else and kind of hid in his corner and under his breath was like, oh God, keep the sun there. Because you see, Joshua prayed this in front of all of Israel because he actually had the faith and the belief that God was actually going to do what he was praying for. Now that led me to kind of a quest of being like, how the heck does someone have that kind of faith? Like really, that takes some mega guts. And it actually brought me back um, another time to Exodus chapter 33. This is one of my favorite chapters. If I had time, I'd read the whole thing. Um, but if you go to Exodus 33, verse 11, it said this, The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. 
If any verse in the Bible will make you jealous, it's that one. It says this, Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Did not leave the tent. It's absolutely amazing. It comes to me that like the fact that he could pray this prayer came from the knowledge of God that he had, that he found in the secret place, right? Joshua basically drew aside into the place where God was, spent time with him alone, and actually began to learn about the character of God. You see, knowing Jesus through personally, oh, sorry, personally through quiet, intimate time in the secret place is where you find out how truly amazing he is. You see, as you seek Jesus, you actually get little revelations of who he is. If you're needing healing, right, you come to him in the quiet place and he shows you that he's the healer, right? If you're needing deliverance and you're fighting for freedom, you come to him and suddenly he says, hey, I'm your deliverer. I'm the one that sets you free. You come to him needing a financial breakthrough and he says, I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm your provider. I'm the one who provides for you. And you find him in that secret place and he begins to just unlayer himself. He's like the greatest onion of all. The more you lean into him, he just takes back another layer and another layer. It's absolutely amazing. You see, if you spend time with the truth, he leads you to know what the truth is over your circumstances, right? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. When you actually hang out with the truth and you spend time with him, suddenly you look at your situation and you go, hang on a second, that's not the truth. He's the truth and he says this about my situation. Spending time with Jesus is everything. You see, he's a person who wants to be involved in every aspect of your life. As you pray and you read the word, he opens your eyes to see his desire to perform miracles in your life. Through time with Jesus, right, his majesty, glory, and power fills your heart and mind. And suddenly, the situation you're looking at compared to Jesus is absolutely tiny, right? It gives you the audacity to stand in front of people and ask the sun to stand still. You see, intimacy leads to audacity, right? You get intimate with Jesus, and suddenly you have the audacity to pray some absolutely crazy prayers, Prayers that you used to look back on and like think, no, there's no way he can do that. And he says, come on, try me, try me. And so one aspect of my life, just to relate this back to myself, um, was a season where I was going through really just believing that um, he would provide for me financially. And I began to just lean into him in the quiet place and just revelation after revelation of him being my provider began to just sink into me, right? And it got to the stage where he began to just ask me to give bigger and bigger amounts of money what used to be a struggle, to be honest, and this is nothing on me and all on him, it just became easy, right? Because I knew him, right? I knew him as my provider. So when he asked me to give, it wasn't hard anymore. I was like, he provides, this is yours. As I did that, just some things just began to happen. I got tax returns back weeks earlier than they should have been, days before I needed to pay for something large. I, uh, he opened my eyes to see accounts that I had no idea I even had, and they had large sums in them. The greatest thing that I think is the biggest testimony to um, all the tithers out there, when I started tithing, my tithe is over 35 times bigger than when I began. And that's nothing in my own strength. Hey, that is just multiplication and multiplication. Jesus is amazing. He's awesome, hey. And so if I'm just going to encourage you guys tonight, it's this. Just seek to know him intimately. Know him in every part of your life. If you need healing, press into him. Be like, Jesus, I want to know you as my healer. Jesus, I want to know you as my provider. Jesus, I want to know you as the one who sets me free. The greatest thing I think that I began to do was even before I'd open my Bible in the morning, I'd wake up extra early, go into my room, close the door, 
open my Bible, and it's a simple prayer, just being like, Holy Spirit, hold my hand. This is the Word of God that is Jesus on paper. I want you to lead me into His heart. I want me to see every little part of Him. I want to know Him in every verse. I want to know Him in every chapter. I want to know Him in every book. When I open the Word, I just desire to find Him in every page. And so if I'm going to encourage you guys tonight, just press into Jesus, right? Trust Him, and He'll reveal Himself to you in the most amazing, amazing way. So I just want to pray for you guys as I finish. Please close your eyes. Jesus, we thank you so, so much that you are the all-sufficient God, that you are everything to us. Lord, as we press into you, as we lean into you, whatever miracle we're believing for this month, I pray that you would reveal yourself in the most beautiful way. The Word of God says that you're altogether lovely. Every part of you is lovely. And as we lean into you, Lord, I pray that every circumstance would shift in the name of Jesus. We thank you for who you are. We adore you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, come on, give me it up for Isaac. Amazing message. That is so powerful. I love that word. And hey, if you've got nothing else of that, Jesus is the ultimate onion. Come on, how good was that? <laughs> don't, don't put that on social media. Nah, that was amazing, Isaac. And I love that, you know, just that encouragement for us is, you know, what we're talking about tonight is we're believing for a miracle. That is such a great word to us. Let's make sure we, we give God space in our, our quiet time and just bring it towards Him and let Him reveal Himself to us in a greater way that's going to help that miracle come to pass in our life. So can we give it up for Isaac again? That was amazing. Such great revelation. Thank you so much. Our second preacher tonight, I'm very excited to invite up in a moment, is Hope Davis. So Hope is currently uh, a, a team leader in our kids' ministry. She's in our youth team, who also leads a great connect group for young teenage girls who just love her. And she just started internship, which is so exciting. Uh, something I love about Hope is she's so courageous and bold to continually push out of her comfort zone to serve God. And, um, you know, she just truly loves people. And, you know, that's such a great, you know, um, you know, character trait in our heart is, you know, how much do we love people? And she truly loves people. And I admire that about her. Not to mention it was her birthday this week, just been. Can we stand up, honor, and welcome up Hope Davis? Come on. Go, Hope. Amazing. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. How awesome are Dan and Eb? They're like probably my favorite people on this planet. They're just like the most encouraging people you'll ever meet. Honestly, if you don't know them, get to know them. Awesome. So as we're coming into the month of miracles, I just wanted to share a bit of, I guess, a faith-building journey that I've been on and just a scripture that I've had this massive revelation on, and it's in Hebrews 11.6. Oh, sorry, take your seats. <laughs> um, yeah, Hebrews 11.6. It says, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. It's just like, I've just had this massive revelation on this scripture, and I'll just start by sharing just a bit of like how this journey started. So it was last year when the church went on a compassion trip to Uganda. And honestly, like this trip had been on my heart since primary school. Africa has always been on my heart, and it's always been something that I've wanted to do. And on Sunday morning, I walked into church and I saw the Uganda flyer on the chair and I was like, yes, finally, like I'm going to Uganda. I picked it up and I just felt like this peace from God and just like the presence of God. And I just knew that I had to go on it, you know? And I was like reading it and the price came up and I was like, oh, okay, 
that's like an all right price. I could probably do that by myself without the Lord. That sounds really bad, but that's what was going through my head. Um, and so I was like, I committed to it. I stepped out and I was like, you know what? I'm going on this. And I went to the like information nights. I went to all the training sessions and the price was just getting higher and higher and higher. And it came to a point where I was like, okay, I can't do this by myself. I actually need the help of Jesus. And so that was when I was like, you know what, God? I know that you'll provide for me. I know that you want me to go on this trip. It's on my heart. And I know that you put it there. So I'm going to believe that you will provide. And so that's just like one step that I took. And then I was like super excited. I was telling everyone that I was going. And I was like, yes, I'm going to Africa. And straight away they're like, why would you go to Africa? That is such a dangerous place. And and then they were like, you should probably cover up your hair because you could get kidnapped over there. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, calm down. Like, hello. And then it was like also around the time when planes were just being shot out of the sky and planes were going missing. And I was like, no. So I was like, naturally, I started to fear. And I was like, oh, like, maybe I shouldn't go on this trip. Maybe Jesus doesn't want me to go. Like, I'm sure God doesn't want me to die. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> but no, I was like, honestly, I just started to fear. And I almost pulled out of the trip. Um, I was like, will I even, you know, will I make it back? Will I make it back to see my family? Will I live to see old age? And <laughs> they, these were like honest thoughts like going through my head. Um, but, you know, I just decided just because I kept feeling that peace from God. And I was just like, you know what, I'm going. And just the first point that I want to quickly pull out from that scripture is when it says, oh, it's not on the screen. Um, Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. Yeah. And so for me, it was believing that he is who he says he is. So I was believing that he was my provider because I couldn't see how this trip would be paid for. Um, Like it was expensive. And I also decided to extend my stay for two weeks, which means more money. Um, So I was like, you know what, God, I know you'll provide for me. It says in your word, it's a promise from you that you'll provide. And which he did above and beyond. Like I was given different amounts of money. I was given a suitcase. like just everything that I needed, it was just handed to me. I was working every single day, didn't have to ask for extra shifts. I was just just working heaps and God just provided above and beyond. I even had money left over when I came back, which was so good. And then I was obviously also believing that God was my protector because I wanted to come home <laughs> to see my family, which I did, because I'm here. Um, yes, that was just believing that he is who he says he is and believing that he exists. And then my second point is that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And what I absolutely love about this part of the scripture is that it's a promise that comes from us doing an action. Um, So in like the lead up to before we left, I was like seeking God's promises in his word. Um, I was like, you know what, God, I know you will protect me because you will never leave me nor forsake me. And I know that you will provide for me because like you never leave me with nothing. Like you give me everything that I need. And I was seeking his presence um, and his voice through prayer and worship. And I was just really seeking, um, you know, that whisper of God that told me to go. Because honestly, I honestly believe that if I didn't take that step to seek God um, through prayer and worship and his word, I would have pulled out of the trip because of the loud voices from the world that were just like bombarding me, like giving me every reason not to go to Uganda. But I was like, you know what? No, God's told me that I'm going. Um, yeah, so I just took that step and I was like, no, I'm going. I'm just going to listen to God because, you know, he is for me. Yeah. And as I was reflecting on this trip and praying about this message, one thing that really hit me was that if I had have listened to the voices of the world, I would have missed out on the miracle that God had waiting for me on the other side. 
So on the other side of my step of faith was a miracle that was far greater than I could ever have imagined. Like the trip itself exceeded my expectations above and beyond. Um, but yeah, I, was, I would have just missed out on that miracle. And like for me, it was a financial miracle. It was all these different miracles. But the greatest miracle um, in my life was just when I was over there, just the revelation that I had of God's love for all his people. Um, <laughs> this is so bad. Anyway. I'm just going to be real with you guys. Before I left for the trip, I was like, I really kept God to myself. I was like, I don't need to share God with people. Like, you know, God's mine. Um, yeah, it just went really quiet. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was like, honestly, they were my thoughts. Um, I didn't want to share God with people because, you know, I just didn't. And then from that trip, I just had this ma- massive revelation of God's love for people. And it just totally changed my thought life. It t- changed the way that I live. And as I came back from the trip, I changed the way that I live so that it reflected God's love and that it just reflected everything that God was because I wanted my life to reflect God's love. And I wanted people to look at me and be like, I want what she has. And then, you know, so it changed my whole thought life. It changed the whole way I live. And that was for me like the biggest miracle of this whole journey. So just as I come to a close, if I could encourage you guys, if you are believing for any miracle this month or, you know, any month, um, I would just encourage you to firstly believe that God is who he is and just really stand on the promises that he has given you and seek him in his word, in prayer and worship and just find those promises, you know, because God does have a miracle for you and he rewards us when we earnestly seek him. And he has a miracle for you that is far greater than any miracle that you could ever think of. Like, you not only can't like see when you step out, you can't see what's on the other side, but God's got this massive miracle for you that he just wants you to just take that first step of faith and just run with it and run with God. Yeah, just be bold and just take that step. Amazing, come on, give it up for hope. Great word. That's so encouraging to hear testimonies of, you know, people like Hope who have stepped out and seen the miracle on the other side. And I love what she said about, you know, when when she had a setback or when time got tough on that journey, she went to the Word of God and said, what's God saying to me? And so that's just a great, you know, encouragement for you and I and whatever our miracle is we're believing for. I'd love to ask you that question of what has God said to you? And if you don't know straight away, well, then we know what we need to be doing this week. We need to, let's get into the Word and say, God, speak to me about my miracle and get a promise from God. So can we just thank Hope again? That was amazing. Great Word. And speaking about compassion, I actually just really quickly wanted to mention, we have a compassion trip that are actually heading off next week, which is so exciting. And in the 8.30 service, we prayed for them. They're heading off to Thailand. Um, and I just wanted to quickly uh, get Michael and Kate. Can you guys, you guys stand up? You're leading the team. Can we just give a massive hand for them? Amazing. You got a great team going with you. Um, and you know, we just wanted you to know, guys, we're praying for you and church. Let's make sure we pray for the team just for God's blessing over them as they go and um, represent our church so well to Thailand. So there, there's the team going. Why don't we give one last hand for everyone who's heading out so boldly. Amazing. Awesome. Well, it's my honor to introduce our last 
uh, emerging voice tonight. In a moment, I'm going to be inviting up Michael Ford. Now, Michael, he right now is a dream team coordinator for our church. He serves in multiple teams in multiple capacities. He's such a servant-hearted guy and is so good at everything he does. He's a qualified pilot and right now works in search and rescue for a helicopter company, which is like every little boy's dream, uh, including mine. But hey, something I love about Michael, and you know, you know, every time you talk to him, he has story after story after story in his own life when he has stepped out in faith and seen God come through supernaturally. And so I can't think of many people better to encourage us tonight to step out boldly in faith. So can we stand to our feet, encourage my great friend, great leader, Michael Ford. How are we tonight, church? Thanks, Dan. Who loves Dan? Yeah, just before you grab your seats, just want to honour Pastor John and Pastor Dan. I know she's not here tonight, but thank you for the privilege to share from your pulpit tonight and uh, your love and, and your prayers for this church that you carry. And it's just such a blessing to to, honor, to serve you and your and your vision for this church. So can we just uh, thank Pastor John and Dan for all they do, believing for healing for Pastor Dan at this time. And you guys can grab your seat. Who's having a good time tonight? Isaac, Hope. Man, I can sit down right now. We're all going to go away encouraged. And, uh, but tonight I am going to speak uh, a little bit on healing and how we can shift discouragement off our lives to see the power of God move and, and the miraculous as we set up to learn and, and uh, as, we, as it's going to be taught over the next couple of weeks about miracles, I want to set your heart up to be ready to receive what God has for you and the miracles that He's ready to prepare, but specifically in the realm of healing. But before I get anywhere, I just want you to know this, that God loves you and He wants to heal you just because He loves you. Despite who you are, what you've done, whether it's your first time in church, whether you believe in Jesus or not, Jesus wants to heal you. I remember there's a young, there was a young adult a uh, man that came to our church a couple of months ago. It was his first time here, still working out the whole Jesus thing. And I started chatting to him after service, and he mentioned that he had a, uh, a sore back. And I said, well, hey, man, can I pray for your back? I'd love to just ask Jesus to heal you. And he, got, and he accepted the offer, so I prayed for him. And he goes, well, I want to bend down and tie my shoelaces. It's been eight weeks since I've been able to bend down and tie my shoelaces. And, and in that moment, he, he bent down for the first time in eight weeks, and tied up his shoelaces. I said, hey man, Jesus just wants to know that he loves you and that he cares for you and nothing else. His healing has got no strings attached, man, but Jesus just loves you. And I can see it touched his heart as, as he began to, to weep in his eyes that he just, because he, he worked in the outdoor ed and he needed his back for his work. And so God will heal you simply because he loves you, whoever you are here tonight. But sometimes we get into a place where we see other people get healed and we get discouraged. Or well, we've been believing for a healing for a long period of time and nothing's shifted. So how do we get rid of disappointment? Well, let's look at a way that we don't get disappointed. It says in Romans 5 verse 3, it says, Consider it glory in tribulations. You know, that's the last thing I want to hear right now. Why? Because tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. And it's this hope that doesn't disappoint. Now, this hope in the original language means an expectation of what is certain. It's not a wishy-washy hope that, God, if you will, and if I don't get, hurt, get healed, well, then it's, that's okay. Maybe I've got to put up with this. this. This hope means an expectation of what is certain. Now, I don't know really much that's certain in this world, but Jesus' word from his Bible and the scriptures that he's written here is pretty well the only thing we can guarantee certain in this world. So basically, we've got to get to a place where... We are expecting God to do whatever it is that He said He's going to do in the Bible. That when we go through a time where we're not getting healed, 
is that we don't go to a place of defeat, we don't go to a place of discouragement, we don't go to a place of smallness, but it actually pushes us to produce a character that moves to hope, because this hope doesn't disappoint. It goes on to say in Romans that faith is the essence or the nature of things hoped for. Your faith is birthed when you get an expectation in your heart that God's actually going to do what he says he's going to do. That's faith. The word faith means divine persuasion. It means taking your eyes off what the actual circumstance is and being persuaded to what God says in his word. I remember Pastor John praying for me one time for chronic fatigue. I'd been up for prayer about three or four times before that, and I had put up with it for eight years. And... Um, God gave me a scripture. He said, the weary, uh, you shall walk and not grow weary. You shall run and not grow faint. And, uh, and I read this and I go, I'm going to get an expectation that that's actually what's going to happen to me. Pastor John prayed for me that night. I got healed the first time in eight years. The next morning I woke up and I was the first day I remember that I was actually awake and had energy. But that lasted about a week and then the tiredness started to come back. I had two options. I had a place to either go to discouragement or I was going to believe in the word of God. So what I do now is that if I find out that hope doesn't disappoint, then I know the Word of God, faith is not going to disappoint. goes on to say later in Romans that Jesus is the finisher of our faith when we look unto Him. Jesus Christ will not disappoint you tonight, church. He is here to heal, and He is here to do the miraculous. Every time, there's two things I want you to take from here that you can do to grab your healing. The first one is to turn to a place of hope. Right? Find a Word of God that, that relates to your healing. And you get into a place of expectation. How do you do that? Just what Dan Frecky did when he came up here. He got everyone to worship God. In that moment, you turn to Jesus and you look in, and you get an expectation that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. And then you take that and you look unto Jesus. How do you look unto Jesus when things are not going so well? You begin to ask him to shift on the word of God that he's given you. So every time tiredness came against me, I'd stand in my bedroom and I said, Father, I'm asking you right now, that your word says I will run and not grow. Your word says I will walk and not go faint. God, I'm expecting you to move on this. I have faith. And it says Jesus is the finisher of a faith, which means now it's not up to you and I to do anything else but believe because Jesus will come and bring the healing. And I want to, I want to shift discouragement because you can put up for so long with, with, with something that's not going on and discouragement can actually block you from your healing. Because you're focusing more on the discouragement and more why that person got healed, but this person, but I didn't. That person got prayed for exactly the same thing last week, and they got healed, but I didn't. Look, I want you guys to take a, a fire in your heart that you don't have to wait for a Sunday. You can do this on a Monday. You can do this on a Tuesday. You can do this on a Wednesday. You can do this on a Thursday. Whenever you wake up and you feel unwell, God, by your stripes I am healed, and you can declare that over your life. I remember this lady coming up to me a couple of years ago when I was on the prayer line with our prayer team, and uh, she said, I've got a tumor in my neck. I've had it for seven years. Every day I have a headache that's caused by it. The doctors can't operate it because where it's located, and I don't know where it's going to get worse, and I don't know where it's going to go away. But I'm asking you to pray for me tonight. Will you pray for me? And I said, absolutely. In a moment of expectation that God was going to do something, I prayed for her. The next day, she was the first day she woke up without a headache. And then she went back to the doctor, no tumor. In a moment of expectation, she had the faith inside of her to believe that Jesus, did, could, that Jesus could heal. She didn't have to do anything from there, but just receive. Receive from Jesus. My mom used to tell me that she tried for seven years to have children. She was told she can't have kids. She began to stop counting the miscarriages because of the counting of the disappointments that she had. 
I'm one of three kids, and God has come and brought a miracle. So I want to pray for some people tonight. Whether you've been like this lady with a tumor in her neck, and you've been putting up with a, something, any condition, doesn't, doesn't matter what it is, for more than five years. God wants to shift that disappointment and heal you tonight. Or the other one might be the doctors have told you you've got to live with something for the rest of your life. Like my mum was told she could never have kids. That might be you tonight. Or anything that God's diagnosed you with that you've got to put up with for the rest of your life. The word of God for you tonight is this. By his stripes I am healed. And then in Corinthians it says this, all my promises... God said, all my promises are stamped with a yes and amen in Jesus Christ. We look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. If that's you tonight, can you just raise your hand? If you've been putting up with something more than five years, or you've been told you've got to put up with something for the rest of your life, can you just stand in a moment of belief for God to heal you tonight? Come on, look to Him. I'm not going to ask you what it is. God knows. God knows what it is. So we've got a little bit of time left. First thing to get out of disappointment is to worship God. Actually, everyone can stand. The band's going to play for 30 seconds. We're going to worship God. We're going to take our eyes. We're going to have a divine persuasion. Take our eyes of what is happening. Take our eyes of what is going on. If this is you, if you're one of those two people, make sure both hands are raised. For 30 seconds, worship God. Sing to Him. Thank you, God. Holy Ghost, now this is where we just look to Jesus. Look unto Him, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Father, I pray for every hand lifted here, believing You for a miracle. God, today it's enough. God, today it's finished. God, today by yes, Your stripes they are healed. It's a yes and amen in Jesus. Every diagnosis, God, everything that you said that people, got, that people have said you got, they're going to live with. By your stripes, Jesus, shake disappointment, shake discouragement. Don't be small. Look to God. It's no more in Jesus' name. And by his stripes, by his stripes. If that's you, someone here tonight that I've spoken about, wave your hand so I can see you. That's got to be putting up with something, Des. What is it? Yeah, like sinus issues, mate. Sinus. How long? 10, 12 years. 12 years. Just lift to God. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Father, I pray right now, and I come against this for 10 years, Father. From the top of his head to the soles of his feet. In Jesus' name, touch him, be healed by the power of God. No more sickness. No more discouragement. By the power of God, touch him right now, Jesus. We thank you for it. Let's give a shout of praise to God for what he's doing in this place. Mom. 
Wow, that was such a powerful moment. I know people were being touched by the power and presence of God. He's here and He heals. That's amazing. Why don't we just give God one great shout of praise for all He's done here tonight. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. So good. Amen. Amen. And thank you, Michael, for being so bold and encouraging us. Well, you can grab your seats here tonight, guys. And there's one last thing I want to do before we we finish our service here. And what I want to do right now is just offer anybody here an opportunity to enter into a relationship with God. And I, I love what Michael said. You know, the reason why he wants to heal you more than anything else is just simply this, because he loves you. And I want to share a, a quick version of my story of where I discovered this love that, that Michael was talking about. I remember at the age of 17, I was so far from God. I remember the overwhelming feeling I would feel that on the inside of me, there was just an emptiness. I, it's hard to put into words, but I just couldn't explain. Why am I always feeling so empty? And I remember I tried to fill this gap that was in the inside of me. I tried to fill it with the love of other people, with relationships, with parties, with good times, with alcohol, with, you know, um, being popular and people affirming me and accepting me. I tried to fill this, this gap that was on the inside of me. But every time I would just find myself even more empty and less hopeful than the time before, I found myself asking this question. I was like, there has to be more to life than this. And maybe you're here and you can relate to that. There's this, you know there's something missing on the inside of you. And I remember having overwhelming feelings of just loneliness. I felt alone. I felt depressed. I felt sad. I I would look at my future with such hopelessness and no sense of purpose in such a dark place. And this emptiness at times, I remember just crying myself to sleep, feeling so alone and so empty. And maybe you you can relate to that here tonight. I know in that moment I needed a Savior. And we all need a Savior. And the Bible says this, that God sent that Savior in His very own Son in Jesus Christ. Romans 5.8 says, But God showed His great love for us, this love we're talking about, by sending Jesus to die for us while we were still sinners. See, we don't deserve it. We didn't deserve this free gift that God has given us. But through sending Jesus... We now have an opportunity to enter into relationship with the God who created us with no strings attached, with no conditions, nothing but His love and His grace. And I remember for me, it was just in a moment like this, you know, a moment between me and God. And I just remember crying out to Him saying, God, if you're real in this moment, I need you to show me. And that night, let me tell you, It was the most powerful moment of my life. I just remember the love of God and the acceptance of God just washing over me. I I just wept and I wept and I wept. How could God love me after what I had done? How could my Creator love me after I turned my back on Him? But He just kept showing me love, unconditional love, unconditional love. And the reason I think I wept the most was this thing that I was needing, this emptiness on the inside of me. I'd finally found it in Jesus Christ. And in this place, I just want everyone to close their eyes. Maybe you find yourself in a similar place to where I was. Maybe you uh, feel this emptiness on the inside of you. And let me tell you, this was seven years ago for me. 
And right now my life is near opposite. I am so full of joy. I know I'm loved by God. I have a purpose and a future and I love my life. And I I know that here tonight, if you are far from God, this moment is for you. And I know because I can say this because it did for me, it will change your life and the direction of your future completely. And so in this place, I'm going to extend that uh, opportunity to say a prayer like I did seven years ago, inviting Jesus into your heart. And I believe there's three kinds of people who, who this is for. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never said a prayer inviting Jesus into your heart. You've never, maybe even never known that there's a God out there who loves you. In a moment, I'm telling you, this moment is for you. You are only one step away from Jesus. And no matter who you are or what you've done, He loves you. Tonight is for you to respond. Maybe secondly, you're here. And you were once in a relationship with God, maybe as a child or as a youth or, you know, in some point in your life. But right now, if you were to ask the question, is my heart right with God? You know the answer is no. And tonight is your night to come home to Him, to recommit your life to Jesus. Or lastly, if you're in this place and you're just not 100% sure in your heart that you are going to spend eternity in heaven. See, let me tell you this. The one thing every single human being has in common is this, is that our time on this earth is only temporary. Nobody lives forever on this earth. We will all face our Creator one day. But this is the the greatest news of all, is that if you and I accept Jesus as our Saviour, you know, not only do we enter into relationship with Him in this earth, but we spend forever with Him in heaven, in His presence. And if you're just not sure, if you were to pass away tomorrow, that you would go to heaven in a moment, I know this is for you and I want you to raise your hand too. He's calling you to Himself. So right now with every eye closed, no one's going to get embarrassed or come down the front. This is just between you and God. But maybe like me, you're in this place and you're one of those three people and you want to say, yes, Dan, I want that relationship with Jesus. If that's you right now, with every eye closed, I'm just going to simply ask you to raise your hand and say, yes, Dan, I want to be included in that prayer. Thank you. I see that hand down the back. That's amazing. I know there's more people. If that's you, you know, right now in your heart, you know, you'd be feeling butterflies. You know that you know that you know that you need to do this. Does anyone else want to join this, this woman at the back? Just raise your hand and say, yes, Dan, that's me. Yes, Dan, I'm far from God. Yes, Dan, I want to be in a relationship with Jesus. I'm just going to give this 10 more seconds. I can feel God t- tugging at someone's heart. If that's you in this place, you know what, I, I look back at that moment and if I hadn't responded to God, I don't want to think about what my life would be like now. And so if that's you, can I encourage you with all of my heart, just be bold and say yes to Jesus because this will change your life forever. So one last time, no one's looking around. You won't be embarrassed. If that's you, to say yes, Dan, raise your hand. I want to be included in that prayer. Who's that person that God's speaking to? Awesome. Awesome. Amen. Awesome. Well, I'm so proud of this one person who's responded to God. And what we're going to do, church, as as a family, we're going to say this prayer together. I'm going to say some words out loud. I want everyone to repeat after me. But for that, that person who responded tonight, I just want you to say these words directly in your heart to God. I know He's touching you in this place. So right now, let's all close our eyes. Repeat after me. Say, Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for me and my sin. Today, I say sorry and I repent for turning my back on you. I open up my heart 
and invite you in and declare today that you are my Lord and my Saviour. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we please give that person a great hand and celebrate together? I'm so proud of you. You're never going to be the same again. Thank you, God. And after this service, someone's seen you respond and actually has a gift they'd like to give you for those who responded. And it has just a book of the Bible and it's a few gifts in there. And they just want to talk to you a bit about your journey. And so after the service, they're going to come and say hi to you. But hey, right now, guys, I'm going to hand over back to my beautiful wife. Can we give her a hand?